It is 7.45 on a Saturday time for our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack, and a beautiful weekend. Yes, warm weather is here at last. I love it. I'm, I'm even going to w- wade my way through the melted snow to get my grill fired up. There you go. That's a perfect way to think warm weather is to cook something outside. Yes. Today I thought I'd talk about perhaps one of the oldest and finest wines in the entire world. And talk a little bit about a building, which is the most famous wine building in the entire world. And that is Clovisot in France. Clovisot has the longest history of continuously producing wine of any property in the entire world. It was founded in the 10th century by the Abbey of Citeaux. And these were Cistercian monks that created this vineyard. It's about 25,000 uh, cases a year are produced of Clovisot, and it's about uh, 125 acres surrounded by a brick wall, thus the name Clo. And uh, the Cistercian monks brought to this area, they, this Clo was designated to grow vines. And they ran this from the 10th century up until the French Revolution in 1789 when the revolutionaries threw the monks out and offered the property up for sale. Um, but itself, the history of it is just wonderful because all of those time between the 10th and the French Revolution, uh, the wines of the monks of Citeaux or of Clovisot were well-known throughout the world. And that's in no small part to the fact that that area was in Burgundy. And at that time, the Dukes of Burgundy, up until maybe the 15th or 16th century, were more powerful than the kings of France. And this was their finest wine, Clovisot. People talked about it then. We have uh, documents, etc. In the 1400s, they built a pressoir there. And there is a house where they press wine. And then that's when they built Clovisot. So Clovisot, the building itself, has been around 500 years, started out as a chapel for the abbey and a monastery, cloistered monastery. And then, because they were so heavily involved in wine, they built these fabulous presses, which are still, anybody going to France and going to be in that neck of the woods should really go and see Clovisot. It's a very interesting place. It's uh, about three hours south of Paris, maybe three hours and 15 minutes south of Paris. Uh, and it is a beautiful part of the world. It's right in the very heart of the Côte de Nuit, which is, uh, the entire thing in Burgundy is called Slopes of Gold, the Côte d'Or. And it's divided into Côte de Nuit and Côte de Bonne. And Côte de Nuit is the northern part, and that's where Clovisot is in the northern part. Uh, and as I said, when you go there to visit it, they have a the huge giant they call it Titu, and that is the press built by the Dukes of Burgundy. And those uh, trees that they had to fell to make that press, some of them had to be at least four feet in diameter. I mean, the the it, it's just impossible to imagine a wooden press that is that big. You stand next to it and have your picture taken, and you're literally dwarfed by that huge press. And like I say, they made all of these wines for a long time. And then yeah, after the French Revolution, they divided up to some people. And then in about 1818, 
1820, something like that, a French banking family bought the property and continued to operate it through the 1880s. And by that time, they sold it off and it's been divided. Today, there are 89 owners of those 125 acres of property. Uh, and like I say, when you see Clovergeau on a bottle, you know it's your assurance that it's very, very good. Now, one thing I have to tell you is the vineyard slopes down, and the the best wines come from the top of the vineyard, which are right adjacent to the chateau, which is in the north uh, west corner of the property. And it's a beautiful chateau, and you can visit it. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But the fact of the matter is uh, the sloping down, the top is the best, the middle the second best, and the bottom is not so hot. Now, I've been doing this and going to Clovergeau for almost 50 years. I have never met anybody who had property in the bottom. <laughs> Everybody has property. Oh, it's up above, up above. And that's just, I think, part of the selling of the thing. But it would be, you couldn't really talk about Clovergeau without bringing up uh, the Chevalier du Tatvan. That is a group, it literally translates the Knights of the Wine Tasting Cup. And they were established in 1934. And they were established in 34. Burgundy was going through some really hard times. You had prohibition in this country, and uh, they just weren't selling their wines. So they established this group to have fun and promote the wines of Burgundy. And so they've been operating since 1934. In 1944, they bought Clovergeau. So Clovergeau is owned by the Chevalier, by a foundation run by the Chevalier de Tatman. And they have tours of the property. It's been completely restored. It's absolutely beautiful. As a matter of fact, it is available for different functions, for weddings and different parties. It's a UNESCO uh, monument. Uh, it, and it, some of the things they do there are just incredible. And the Tastavan has done all this. Uh, they, they're the ones that were really responsible for uh, the, the salvation of the Clovergeau building. It had fallen into some terrible disrepair. And then just in the time I've been observing it for the last 50, 40, 50 years, uh, the work they've done is absolutely incredible. Uh, they built a chapel the monks did in the 1550s and like I say the Tastavan has restored it. You'll see a Tastavan symbol on a lot of Burgundy wines and that simply is they've submitted the wine to the Chevalier tasting panel and if they approve it they give it their uh, little sign of approval and you'll see a Tastavan label on the wine. It, that usually ensures that the wine is generally a little bit better than the other wines of the area because it's considered of that. The stone wall is where we get the name Clo. That's what Clo is in France. It's a stone wall. And the site where uh, Clovergeau is, there's, they call it the Vougeau River, but it's really just a little creek. And it divides Vougeau from chambol Musigny. So it's in the heart of some of the greatest red burgundies that are produced in the entire world. And uh, as we've talked before, when we're talking about burgundy, it's only Pinot Noir. The, the, uh, and the whites are only Chardonnay. They have a few other grape types, but generally 
99% of the wine, red wine, is Pinot Noir, and 98% of the white wine is Chardonnay. So you have a wonderful history here, you know, 700 years of producing wines that were worldly recognized and almost a thousand years of producing wines that people like. And that was really what makes this such an interesting place. Uh, Clovisio itself is worth going in to see, as I said, if, if nothing else, to see Altitu, the huge Burgundy Press. But they have other things in there. You can t- actually taste the wine. They have a gift shop where you can buy uh, maps of the area and books and all the things that you might expect. And they also have tours where you can go through and actually get a feel for what they do there. And as I said, with today, with the Chevalier running uh, they do a wonderful job of, uh, I think they have 16 dinners a year. I always go to the one that's at the auction in November, and uh, it's just remarkable what they do. They'll have 600 people to a black tie dinner, and you get a fabulous meal that's served hot. I mean, I, I don't, we know in hotels in Minneapolis, some of them have 600 people. Some of the people's food isn't hot. And we have all this wonderful, sophisticated stuff. We're not operating out of a 10th or 15th century building. But those food is served hot, and it's delicious. Plus, it, you're, it's all accompanied by singing and just enjoying the life of Burgundy, which is fun. And usually those meals are five to seven courses, and you have a different wine with each course, and obviously they're small. They start out, and it, it always astonishes me, with uh, poached eggs. Now, how you can poach eggs for seven or 600 people and get them hot and delicious is just boggles my mind, but they are hot and delicious, and the poached wines are cooked in red wine with a, a little thick cuts of bacon in there and maybe some pearl onions. And what a delicious starter that always is. But uh, the place is just remarkable. And like I said, it is uh, the Tostavan has done a wonderful job of preserving it. Uh, the UNESCO has made uh, Clovisio headquarters of the uh, soils of Burgundy, so they're kind of a, a keeper for all that stuff. And it really is the birthplace, if you will, of all Burgundy wine. And uh, it's a remarkable place. As I said, a gentle sloping vineyard itself is just beautiful. The wines they produce are just tremendous. And, and they're smart enough to bring it all together with food and wine on these 16 dinners they did a year. They're very expensive to go to those dinners. And it's invitation only. They're hard to get into. But uh, it's uh, certainly worth doing if you ever have the opportunity to do that. Uh, It's without question, in my mind, one of the great uh, vineyard places to visit in the entire world. And certainly there's no vineyard place in the entire world that has more history to it than uh, Clovisio does. It it is just a, a fabulous place to visit. And, you know, when they built it, they were pretty smart, those old monks. Uh, the building isn't overpowering when you see like a chateau in France or something. And this is the second largest single property in Burgundy, Clovisio. The first is in Corton, which is in the Cote de Bonne. But uh, they, 
the building actually blends in with the countryside. It, it's just like a modern architect might have done it because it's completely unobtrusive and yet impressive. And that's a hard combination to come by if you talk to uh, even any architect. But they've absolutely done it there. And uh, some of the things they do throughout the year, the the cultural stuff, they have a, a music and wine festival where they've co-partnered with the Met Opera from New York. Uh, and it's absolutely marvelous to see that. And when you go in there and you see even, they have a film clip if you of the things that go on there and you see them uh, with the hunting horns and the absolute wonderful cadets de Bourgogne that sing all throughout the dinners, etc. You get an appreciation for what a remarkable place this is and the fact that you're actually not only enjoying wine, but you're enjoying the history of wine. I mean, this is going back over 700 years. And uh, all I can tell you is I think wines have gotten nothing but better in my little stint in that 700-year period. And then certainly Clos Vougeot, if you have any interest in wine, is certainly a place that everybody who is interested in wine, and if you have any interest in Pinot Noir, put it on your bucket list. It's a great place to visit and a great thing to do. And another great place to visit, places I should say, is Haskell's, right, Jack? Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. As a matter of fact, they have a Burgundy wine tasting on April 8th at Twin Cities' lovely Minicata Club, right overlooking the lake there. And it is they have all these winemakers coming from Burgundy. I think they're going to taste over 40 wines, so you can call a Haskell store and get tickets to go to that wine tasting on April 8th. There's a Haskell's near you where you can get Clovougeot and other wines, whatever your favorite is. And not only that, they'll help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. That's their specialty. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Fairbold, right off at 35. Our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. It's enormous. In Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, the folks at Haskell's do deliver. Excellent, Jack. Let's talk one week from today. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to Thanks that. Thanks very much. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.